Welcome back to another episode of the Outlaw Country Podcast. We're joined today by JR. He's the co-host of Justin Moore's podcast and uh, tour manager. Yep. So, and then Cole hasn't been here for a while. Cole, welcome back, man. Yeah. You know, you've been busy with work. Finally back from work and school and all that boring stuff sometimes, but yeah, no excuses, Cole. You got to help Ben out on this thing. Now, if you're going to, if you're going to have an award winning podcast, it's going to take teamwork to make the dream work guys. Yep. Oh yeah. We're, yeah. we're going to get one. No more slacking oh. for me. That's for sure. There you go. It's good. But, uh, well, how you guys do it, man? Looks like you got, y'all are in a cool pad. You got a pool table behind you. You got some jerseys hanging. You guys got a better setup than I got. <laughs> yeah. We're down in my basement right now. We got Nebraska's three Heisman winners hanging up behind us. So uh, nice. Always repping the big red. I love it. I love it. And you never. Uh, I'm a. I'm a diehard Alabama guy, and we don't really have a whole uh, long history. Definitely since I've been alive. So uh, I got no hatred towards uh, uh, the Huskers. So you're all good. You're all good. Well, my book. back in the day, we uh, Devaney and Bear Bryant. We used to. They used to play all the time. And yeah, those were a heck of game. Heck of a game. Oh yeah, classics. That was a little little before my time, but uh, but yeah, uh, definitely back in the day. But uh, we wanted to start off today talking about the passing of the great Charlie Daniels. It's just real sad to see him going. I know you, you were you were buddies with him. You're repping his shirt right now. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about him and how you got to know him? Yeah, man. Uh, Charlie Daniels, I mean, what can you say? We we call him Uncle Charlie because once you met him once or twice, that's just how he, it felt like. It felt like one of your great uncles, like your grandma's brother or something. You know, it was just – he just exuded this wisdom and just, he was so cool and he didn't have to show out and didn't, I mean, he, he just was, he just was cool. He didn't have to do anything to be cool. He was just cool. And when he, uh, when he would talk to you, his voice was just so cool. And, uh, obviously the music he put out, I mean, Grammy won Grammys, you know, um, uh, with, uh, devil went down to Georgia. And then even before that, he was a session guy, you know, he played on three Bob Dylan records all recorded in Nashville. He played on, uh, Ringo Starr's, uh, Buku's the Blues uh, Nashville record, which oh, Ringo okay. just had a birthday. Yeah, he yeah, played he on that record. He wrote a song that uh, Elvis cut. He has a Elvis cut as a songwriter. So, I mean, he's just so accomplished, way more than just the hat and the country guy that a lot of people uh, know about through, you know, TV and movies because he was in a gajillion of those, too. Yeah. Um, he was a big Western fan. His favorite, I mean, you heard him talk about Louis L'Amour all the time that's the guy who wrote all the westerns all over those years the most prolific western uh, book writer of all time or author of all time I should say uh but yeah when you're around him man it was just uh he would take time to talk to you he would uh he would ask you how you were doing and he would treat you just like he's known you all his life and he was uh he, there, Justin you know if he ever needed anything from him or text or called him he was always call us back or text back and uh he actually talked to him a couple weeks ago and was going to try to have him on our podcast and uh, he said he'd love to, except for uh, he couldn't figure out to get the Zoom machine working. So he tried to do it for a yeah. he had tried to do it for a family reunion or something, and uh, he couldn't figure it out. But he said if he ever could, he would love to come on. So he was going to get a rain check, and unfortunately, we didn't uh, we didn't get to cash that in. But uh, he left enough on me and and most people he ever encountered uh, to last a lifetime of memories. And uh, you know, there's still some some. I miss his tweets. I know you guys are on Twitter like I am. That's probably my main social media function. And his tweets were always just so patriotic and just Absolutely. straight to the point. He wasn't scared to 
uh, you know, tell you how he thought about it. And he never wavered in his values and beliefs. He, uh, and he always had a good argument. He always had a good backup. Like you weren't going to really stump him and get him. He had something, you know, he had his figured out what he was going to do. Yeah. He's, um, a, he's a true American through and through. And I, I enjoy his tweets and his team is still keeping some of his nightly ones alive. Yeah. And I, we've been liking yeah. everything. It, it's nice to see that. Yeah. I saw that. And he t- talking about the, how a patriot he was, he was telling us that he had done, you know, he's probably, got to be in the top five all-time uh, USO tour guys because he's done more shows for troops all over the world than I dare say right under Bob Hope probably. But uh, I can remember him telling us a story about playing a, uh, a show for some troops somewhere in a remote station somewhere in Central Asia, I believe, and or maybe in the uh, Middle East. And they were going to go to another outpost. And they were playing like three, four shows a day, just stripped down whatever they could do to do. And there was one outpost, and there was only like 12 people there, I think. But he wanted to go play these people in this remote outpost some music, you know, and let them have a little relief, a release, you know, from, from their everyday duties um, to keep our country safe and free all over the, the rest of the world to make sure they remember that. And um, he said on the way to this Uber remote uh, location they were going to, that they heard some noise and he thought, you know, it was fireworks going off outside. And one of the, you know, uh, guys leading the tour, USO tour getting in the helicopter said, no, that's, that's ground to air fire. They were getting, they were taking on fire as they were going to play a show. Now I've done a lot to go play a show, but I've never been <laughs> shot at in my helicopter while going to do a show. So, uh, so, but he, you know, he pressed on, they were like, you want to turn back? He's like, no, we're going to play for these people. These boys and girls up here need some music and some, some entertainment. And we're going to give it to them. And he was just, uh, he was like that. If he told you he was going to be there, he was going to be there. And yeah, he's going to be missed for so long, but I mentioned it on our podcast and I'll say it here too, just to help, you know, spread the word there. Uh, he's got two books out that you can order off charliedaniels.com. And one is, uh, it's for any artist coming up a must read. It's called never look at the empty seats. It is just, it's, it's his autobiography and it is just gold. Uh, and you can actually get it on, um, um, the uh, audible and that kind of stuff it's it, as an audio book and it's him it's his voice it's him reading the book okay yeah that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah so it's called never look at the empty seats you can get that on anywhere and then the one you i think you can only get this on his website but this is one i'll read every day i read a passage out of this every day it's called let's all make the day count the everyday wisdom of charlie daniels and it's another one too it's just it you if y'all may remember it used to be just he tweet every morning he'd have a tweet every morning like a little inspirational thing well he turned that after a year of doing that there's 365 of those in this book now so oh, pretty cool that's on for, his website, uh, you said say again did you say that's on his website yeah you can get this on charliedaniels.com on his website and i tell you i know he's uh uh, has some cool stuff at his shows as far as merch, but on his uh, website is all kinds of cool merch. So I encourage everybody to go buy some. And I think, you know, all their money and stuff they, they raise, he's, he puts so much back into his uh, philanthropies and other uh, things that he, you know, takes care of with uh, his manager, David Corlew and, and, and uh, the volunteer jam and the kids for Christmas for kids and all the stuff they do. So help those guys out still and keep the spirit going i'm gonna fly his flag as long as i can he was he was loved dearly by the citizens of like nashville and tennessee i don't know if you saw them transporting his his body there were people lying in the streets everyone loved him he's he's definitely a legend in country music and i think he'll live on for many many years yeah i I agree yeah he was even on i was listening to like the npr nightly news thing and they you know they talked about him on npr because he said he, he did so much more than just country music, you know, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely loves as they, who's going to fill them shoes. I don't know if anybody ever fill those shoes. So yeah. 
Did, George Jones. Did you ever get the chance yeah. to see him in concert then? Oh yeah, yeah. I've got to talk. To, I've met Charlie. I've been around oh, yeah. and talked to him. Yeah, that's um, we've been we've done several shows with him over the years. Um, every outfit I've ever worked for just about has done a show opening for Charlie Daniels or playing a show with him at a festival at some point. Um, I always tell people one of my biggest rock star quote. Everybody listening out there in podcast world not seeing it and doing the air quotes, but uh, my biggest rock star moments. You know, people ask. Um, you know, if you met so-and-so, do you know Blake Sheldon? Do you know so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's those guys are just kind of normal, you know what I mean? Because they're just – because I'm, I'm their age and we kind of all – you know, we're in Nashville. You, you know most people, if you've been there long enough before they were famous, you know, and stuff. But some of those guys like Charlie and them were were not, you know, like the – and there's not many of them left, the Willies and Charlies and Johnny Cashes and the Waylands and, you know, Merle Haggard. You know, I got lucky I got to see him a couple of shows. Never got to meet him, but got to see him play a couple of shows before he passed, but – but I remember one time standing on stage at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, the original home of the Grand Ole Opry, and uh, talking, standing side stage, Justin and I and the band had went to Nashville during Christmas time to do to play a couple of songs for Charlie's um, Christmas for Kids concert he would do to raise money to help underprivileged children in the area. And uh, Justin's out there playing, and uh, I'm standing side stage, and there's Charlie Daniels and Charlie Chase from the Crook and Chase show, which was a big TV show forever. They interviewed everybody over the years. And I'm sitting there having this conversation with Charlie and Charlie, and they're just talking to me like I'm their long lost buddy. You know, I'm thinking this is Charlie Daniels. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm like, I hope Justin's not on fire because I'm not paying attention right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, But it was, it was, that was probably my biggest rock star moment of all time is having a conversation with those two guys and, uh, and them uh, treating me just like a, a, long lost friend kind of deal was that the first time you were introduced to him or was that on a different occasion no that was a different one i'd met him a few times up to that point i actually met him the first time um when i first got in the music business uh probably about oh four oh three oh four somewhere in there we uh did a fair in georgia and he and willie nelson were on the bill and i remember we briefly got to meet at that point and then uh then when I came back to I did a Southern rock, classic rock uh, cover band all over the Southeast. And when I got back into Nashville acts, I started working for John party. And uh, then we started doing some shows opening for him and stuff. So I got to be around him a few times uh, working for John and then Justin and he were big buddies. And he actually sang on a, sang a song on one of Justin's albums. One of the first albums I was uh, off the beaten path record was the first album I was on uh, working for Justin when that came out. So mm -hmm. he was on that. So we got to see him a few times during there. And then, like I said, every, in our business, like uh, you run into everybody a couple times a year. If you're on tour with somebody, you get to see them all the time. But um, if not, you hope to catch everybody at a festival or fair or something. It's like a big family reunion when there's, and those are cool because there's usually, you know, two or three stages, five or six acts on each stage. So you get to see a lot of people, the younger guys, the older guys, the star, current stars, the whole thing. And, yeah, so I've got to be around him a few times, and uh, not enough, though. And then at the Opry, you know, I got to see him a few times at the Opry, and you'd always recognize his bus. He had a maroon bus, Lady LaRue, same bus he always had, you know, um, so. Well, how did you did, how did you become, like, get involved in the country music like like you are today? Is that something you kind of grew up knowing you wanted to do, or what, what sparked that? I know you're a big country music fan, but, I mean – it's just such a cool job. I don't, I just wonder how you how you got that. Well, yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, it's like anything. Some days are better than others. Um, 
but no, I grew up liking all types of music. To be honest with you, my granddad obviously always had country music playing. Um, he, I was born in Jackson, Mississippi, and I grew up outside of Montgomery, Alabama. So I was right in the middle of country heaven, you know, really. Um, but I like that. But I was a kid of the '90s, so you know, I was listening in the late '80s. So I mean, it started off with like hard rock and Bon Jovi, and you know, just hard rock, and then that turned into like body count with iced tea and stuff and then rap was huge so i mean i remember when dr dre albums were coming out snoop dogg first was on a video i mean so every kind of music was you know going through and then um probably be honest with you when i was a teenager at some point i took a shot of whiskey junior came on the radio kind of automatically and then it was pretty so uh that that was kind of it. I always liked country music. And, uh, I, JR, you know, can you repeat that real quick? You, you cut out. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, guys. No, you're no, good. I was just saying that – I was just saying that uh, – no, I, I – you know, like, like I was saying, I, I liked all types of music growing up and, um, you know, until mid-teens. And then sometime around, you know, junior, senior, high school or somewhere, we're on a dirt road, somebody passed around a bottle of brown liquor, and we did a little <laughs> swig of that, and it was like – Instantly, as soon as it, it touched my lips, uh, Hank Jr. came on the radio, and you know, then it was all my rowdy friends uh, are coming over tonight. Oh. From then on out, <laughs> and uh, it was just, uh, and then you no, know, and then I just kind of fell into it. After that, I actually went to college at Troy State University, uh, Troy University now is Troy State when I was there. Yeah. Uh, started there in 1998, and uh, you know, it was just was in a fraternity and there was a, a lot of different types of people. Every kind of music was played at all our parties and stuff. And I, like I said, I liked everything. And then I ended up running into a guy late night at a party and then after party. And, um, he was a, a, a singer songwriter from the area that was pretty popular. And, uh, his name was Wayne Mills. And, um, he kind of talked me into getting into the music business. And I, you know, when he talked to me about it the first time he said, you know, you ought to be, you ought to come be in the music business. And I was like, yeah, I'll be an astronaut too. I mean, I'm from central Alabama. How do you, <laughs> how do you do, how do you get in the music business? And he was like, well, you know, just come up to Tuscaloosa next week and sell some t-shirts for me. And that was pretty much it. I, that was a Sunday and I went to Tuscaloosa on a Tuesday and I think I quit college about the next Tuesday. And, um, that was just kind of it, man. I was, and he was more of like a Charlie Daniels type figure. He was like a Southern rock country kind of thing. It was like redneck hippie type stuff almost. Um, so, I just, you know, I thought I was going off to be in the Almond Brothers, you know. I was like, hey, we're about to live the dream, but, you know, almost famous. And um, and that was kind of it. So I re really just kind of fell into it um, and then realized that it was a necessity because all these knucklehead band guys out here couldn't take care of themselves without somebody <laughs> wrangling them and roping them and keeping them straight. So they needed me, and I got a cut, and I'm driving the van. Here we go. Well, what are you, on tour, what are your and, – and when the show is going on, what are your main uh... – jobs like what do you what exactly do you do to do you plan um, to tour or exactly what do you do yeah no it's it's a team that gets all that together um you know i obviously have some input because uh i've got to execute a lot of it and justin's one of my best friends so we, we just you know you get get to influence it some that way but no pretty much i do all the logistics the advancing of stuff talk with the promoter the venue make sure you know we're going make sure we got hotels and flights and you know i work side by side with our production manager jeff oliver he takes care of all the technical side and you know just uh, round everybody keep everybody in motion you know a lot of times the job is just make sure everybody else is taking care of theirs and if they're getting kind of steer that you know talk to the, you know get everybody make sure everybody's working moving forward for the common goal um 
but then, you know, once we get out on the road, you know, uh, a day is, you know, making sure everything's where it needs to be, making sure everything's on time. And then during the show, uh, most time it's just bartender. It seems like, it seems like, but uh, yeah. if you were just watching from afar, but it really, I'm, you know, I'm checking a million things. I'm making sure the security guards where they're supposed to be. I'm making sure, you know, I'm making just since in, in lieu of recent events, the last few years, I mean, I'm scanning the crowd looking for anything out of the ordinary, anybody looking funny. I mean, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and then obviously I got to go get, make sure we get paid, you know, making sure the band guys are good and everybody's, you know, just, just over, oversight more than anything uh, at this point. But this that's because we have a good team before. You know, I have been a one-man band as far as a, a crew side, and um, that could be more when you're driving the van and you're setting up the gear and you're running front of house and you got to get – you know, and you're selling merch. You know, do all those at once is pretty tough, but I'm lucky now we got a got a great team around us. Great. Um, so I think kind of the next thing we wanted to ask you about um, – so obviously we're the – outlaw country podcast uh is there any like favorite outlaw country artists that you have like either past or present that you uh like a God. big thing for you all of them really you know like <laughs> you guys man i mean up with, you know uh yeah i mean the the, the standards obviously the the highwayman Wayland, that kind of stuff you know you guys omaha you've been yeah, 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 yeah. on my mind i was actually listening to that earlier i've been listening to that and you know that record that Honky Tonks Heroes album, that's all Billy Joe Shaver songs. Oh, you know, he really? wrote all those songs. Yeah, though, every one of those. You know, something else before I forget, uh, going back to Charlie, and I meant, meant to mention this earlier. I know I listened to one of y'all's shows uh, the other day, and y'all were talking about y'all like Stapleton song yeah. 26. You know, that's a Charlie Daniels song. Is that really? a Charlie it's Daniels like, album. Yeah, go. Was it 26? I'll yeah, send you the link to okay. that album. Damn, I guess I didn't know that. I thought that was all, uh, I thought it was Stapleton. Yeah, was no, just that's uh, the yeah, that's a, that's a Charlie Daniels song off one of his albums from the early 80s. I'll, uh, I'll send you guys a link when we jump off. I can't remember exactly what album it is, but, uh, oh, dang, but yeah, that's on that. a Charlie Daniels record. Yeah. Well, so I got a question about the Honky Tonk Heroes. Is that – I wasn't alive back then, obviously, but I've been trying to buy that album on vinyls. I, I love collecting vinyl, and uh, it is like, crazy. It's, the prices for them are crazy for the Honky Tonk Heroes. Is that like – one of Waylon's most famous albums, or is it a rare album, or or what's the deal with that? It's probably his most sought after album because um, it's got a lot of the standards that people know him from. Uh, but I can tell you, I remember it wasn't that long ago. Well, it seems it sounds like for to me it wasn't that long ago. You know, ten fifteen years ago, I can remember going around Nashville. You get records on certain days for a quarter and fifty cents, like oh, it was not a thing. Every, everybody <laughs> was not collecting vinyl. And I remember when it started changing, and I'd be like, "Where's where's the ninety nine cent bin?" They're like, "We don't have it anymore." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And then I'm like, "Y'all want five dollars for this, you know, Ray Price record? I mean, y'all got four of them. I've already got one, but I'm just saying. I mean, not that it's not worth it, but I mean, like, I bought the same one from you guys last year for dollars. So I remember when all that went down." um the the vinyl getting up so i don't know yeah you probably do and and it's because everybody it's the it's the everybody's wanting it you know it's the supply and demand thing i'm sure is the reason but it wasn't that long ago you could get one and um now you know probably got to pay for it until something changes there'll be something else changed and it'll be won't be cool again except for to us because it's always cool to us yeah the old souls will, will always like it oh yeah okay Absolutely. so you mentioned the 99 cent albums uh the vinyl records this guy got me uh, hooked on the vinyls about a month ago or so. And now yeah. it's like, I haven't been able to go to any record store and like search through any bins or anything like that. But 
I'm addicted already. Yeah, like my, my buddy, oh, yeah. my buddy's uncle used to own a record shop down here in Omaha, and uh, we I would go there, and he knew I knew his nephew, so he'd give me deals. And my first vinyl I got was Cash Live at San Quentin Prison, and I got that for like five bucks. And I've been I I got like Alabama's greatest hits from him, and just a bunch of others, just dirt cheap. And then his record shop closed, and now I'm it just hurts me to pay twenty five dollars, thirty dollars for a vinyl, and it. But I, God, hey, is I that what is that what vinyl's going for? Yeah, like I bought Justin. I just bought Justin's Outlaws Like Me off Amazon. That was like twenty bucks. Wow. Well, I could see a new record, but like, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, an old, you know, something that's been in somebody's basement for twenty oh, years. I get yeah. it, though. I guess. I don't. I don't know about like the used ones. I haven't been to a, a record store since his closed. I I would have to check on that. The newer ones are usually like twenty five, thirty bucks. But uh, right. Hey, hey, it's worth say, it, guys. Lola, come on, sugar, lay down. My dog's over here whining. It's raining outside, storming here in South Alabama. Lola, come say hey to these boys in Omaha. Oh, hey guys, is, black, is that a black guys. lab? She's half black lab, half boxer. She's oh, all sweetheart too. Fantastic. She's my little cupcake. I got a I got a body. Get down, sugar. Black. I say yeah. He's got a so he's sweet. got he's got labs. I got boxers, so it, that's perfect. Oh really? Oh, yeah. I love it. Lola, go lay down, sugar. Go lay down. Go lay down. <laughs> I gotta finish. Go lay down. Lay down. Lay down. She does it. She's good for a while, then she gets hectic. When me and, when me and Justin record, I'm like, if you don't quit, go lay down. Down. Lay <laughs> it's down. no big deal. We love lay dogs down. here. I say my boxer is the exact same way. Second a storm hits, she is. Lay down. She has to be right next to you. That's what I'm like, honey, I'm here. We're not going anywhere. Her mom's at work, so that's she likes us a lot. Since this quarantine thing, everybody being home all together all the time, I don't know if it's good or bad because now I think she's gotten used to it. But uh, like we were talking about, you, so, uh, you like outlaw country. Do you – do you listen to some of the newer, like, quote-unquote outlaws? Like, I know you said you were buddies with Jamie Johnson. Do you listen to, like, Cody Jinks, Tyler Childers, or um, Ward Davis, yeah. White Morgan? Those Man, yeah. I like all that stuff, man. I actually – the I'll I, be honest with you, though. A lot of the stuff I don't get to listen to as much as I'd like to. I really hadn't been listening to a lot lately in general. But I, I when I do hear that kind of stuff – uh, all those guys you mentioned, yeah, I'm a big fan of all of them. I just uh, some of them's just like when I first met Justin, I told him I said I know a couple of your songs. I'm sorry, I just hadn't dug into your catalog. I'm a music guy like you guys are probably going to end up being once you start getting into vinyl. It does you really got to hear it. It's not like you're just playing it and then you like the music. You really got to listen to it in the right context, the right place, be in the right frame of mind. You know that kind of stuff to really get it. You know what I mean? And I, I hadn't. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, Jamie and I go way back. He's he's a dear friend and a and an awesome cat. And he's probably our biggest contribution uh, to country music as far as the outlaw scene in the last since yep. those guys were doing it in the '80s and stuff. I mean, he's to me, he's right up in there. You know, the Mount Rushmore of, of country outlaw country, especially. Well, you know, he, he's right there with Willie and Waylon to me. Did didn't Jamie? T I don't I don't want to get the story wrong. So stop me if this is incorrect, but. Didn't he say he kind of was walking out of the studio or something and he like slipped on ice and hit his head and it kind of prevented him from, because he hasn't released much, much music in a while. And he's saying that since he hit his head, he's been having trouble writing songs. Have you heard that before? I haven't heard that. I'm not saying it's not true, but I haven't heard that. But I thought no. I read that. Uh, I have heard. I'm not sure. Yeah. I have heard someone say they wish uh, Jamie get married and divorced again so he could write another killer album. Neither <laughs> here nor there. I don't know if you saw one of our but, with everything going on. We tweeted out and said uh, the only thing that could unite this country right now is another Jamie Johnson record. 
<laughs> I, I think that's all we need. I, his, his tour manager is one of my best friends out there in, in our touring world. And he's probably my first call if I had to call somebody to help me. Uh, we call him Wally. His name's Blake Harris. But uh, I told Wally that when it's all first started. I said, please tell me this is going to give Jamie some time to go write a record. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the world needs a new Jamie Johnson double album if we, you know, or triple album, whatever he's got. But uh, but I'm sure he will. He's got to have some stuff in the in the, uh, in the in the uh, case there to come out at some point, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, he's, he's, he's so good, but like you said, a lot of those guys you mentioned, and, and there's a lot of good young guys on the way up. Yeah. I've got to see actually at a Jamie Johnson concert, I saw Cody Johnson and Cody Jinks over oh, for Jamie. That sounds, uh, that sounds Haven, Mississippi a couple years ago. Yeah. And that's the first time I met Jinx, uh, and Cody Johnson. And then obviously later Cody was out with us on tour. Um, but they were both great. And then, you know, one I've been listening to, and it's kind of like all – but I, it's going back to that, I like all types of country. There's some people who don't like – like I like the Tom T. Hall and the uh, the hokey kind of country too, you know, and the and the kind of goofy type stuff. But I also like the stone cold, you know, country. Um, so one that's kind of more progressive lately that I've been digging is Paul Coffin. Oh, that's Cole's boy. That's Cole's boy. Like me some Paul Coffin. Yeah, yeah his stuff. I don't know him. I've, I've never met him. We have the same publicist, and uh, I look. I was going to actually go to a show in L.A. several months ago, but something happened. I didn't get to go. But yeah, big Paul Coffin fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and a lot of those Texas guys. I got a dear friend named Adam Hood, who who's a Texas singer songwriter. Well, he's from Alabama, but he's out there a lot. And uh, his stuff's really good. And uh, to Cody Johnson, man, he he that that's a show there. Cody Johnson's a heck of an entertainer, man. He put on a show yeah. every night when he was on tour with us. Well, I mean, he'll but, be he'll and a be lot outside. of those guys are. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, please go ahead. I'm just saying, like, he'll be outside. Cody, Cody Johnson see him at festivals, and he's still rocking the pearl snap starch jeans, just sweating. Oh, yeah. But he's jumping off the stage, jumping around. I mean, that dude is so good live. I've seen him three times. One of them was with Justin. Yeah. Yeah, Cole was there, too. We saw him uh, play in Omaha. Yeah, we saw him play with Justin. He was wearing the same thing in January that he wore in August at an outdoor concert. And it's just – yeah. He is such a great – Long sleeve, pearl snap, buttoned up. He's got sleeves. That's part of it. He's he's sleeved up, tats. So, I'm sure – He's a a real cowboy. He used to be riding poles and everything like that. So, I I love that. Yeah, and he's he's great. He's tour manager Jackson, his whole band. They've got a great team over there. Um, you know, but I, I actually – the generation before all those guys was more of the people I ran with from the Red Dirt, Outlaw, alt-country scene from that world. I, when I was coming up with, with Wayne Mills, we were playing a lot of shows with – the J- Jason Bolin, we played a ton of shows with Jason Bolin. He was one of our – their whole outfit was one of our best buddies. Uh, Kevin Fowler, Roger Krieger, Stoney LaRue, Blue Edmondson. Uh, I mean, just all those guys. Uh, Cross Canadian Ragweed, I don't know if you guys ever heard of them or remember yeah. them. That was Cody Canada's band before Cody Canada departed. Um, so I, all that Texas scene stuff was really good. And then in Nashville, too, I mean – you know, obviously, some of the stuff that gets played on the rec on the on the radio is not everybody's quote unquote country of stuff to me. But yeah. that's just my opinion. That's just what I like because everybody music's art. You know, I just put this disclaimer out there. This is the way I look at it. Music's art, and it's the soundtrack to our lives. You know, if if there's a Picasso painting over here, you may not think it looks near as cool as I do, and vice versa. But that doesn't mean still may not mean it's a cool painting. Same with music. Just because I don't like certain, you know, bro country or pop country or whatever you want to call it, there's a 
gajillion 14-year-old little girls out there that love it, and that's fine for them. But that's just not what I want to listen to. I'm 40. You know, I'm a dude 40 with chops. You know what I mean? It's just not what I'm jamming on. But uh, there's a lot of those guys, and, and it's easier now, that if you dig back past, like, the what the – that comes out of the radio and a lot of time those are great too but their album cuts they're still just gold like randy hauser records or josh thompson records or lee bryce i mean there's you know there's so many good albums out there um that maybe you just got to skip past the one that they end up putting out as a single um, and really find that oh yeah there's a ton of it out there because i can tell you this all the guys and gals that sing and play on the road that that i get to see and be around are genuinely badasses i mean there's there's a reason why they made it to the upper echelon of their uh you know profession it's because they really can get it all aspects you know they got it put together and they're really good uh, but it, it like i'm not a huge you know say i don't love every taylor swift song i don't really know any because that's just not my thing you know what i mean but then i could tell you you know every Wayland song or or you know uh, john party that's probably one of my favorite young guys now and the justin's last record is phenomenal yes, it is. you know Absolutely. i mean just it's just a bunch of them like that and then same thing because john and justin both i hear songs that are because when they get ready to make an album there might be 30 songs that are potentially going to be on the record and then they cut it down to 10 or 12 or 15 so there might be 10 songs in there i was like i can't believe i didn't make the record and they're so good and then you just never hear them but maybe one day somebody will cut them so uh well i love what yeah, you so said I'm, there about, I'm a fan of all of them i love what you said there about music being art and the way you look at it like that I, kind of the way i look at it is uh they, they have the microphone and what you're going to say to everyone. I think the guys I like is they, they talk about real true, like life experiences and it, it's meaningful. It's not just something that's catchy that they're just throwing out there to get, to get uh, listens or get money. So that's, that's kind of how I look at it. I want to listen to something that's the, the content is good and it means something. And if there's a deeper meaning behind it, because I think that's what country music has always been about with the good stories and the ballads and just, just, it's it's real life and that's what drew me in yeah yeah it's just genuine and real it's real accounts of real things people are going through and um you know the uh the talk and also like i was saying that's it's the soundtrack to our lives you know sometimes you know you don't want to hear just the hardcore music and then sometimes that's appropriate you know there's times if you're trying to go to bed you're not trying to get fired up so i may listen <laughs> to some jazz to go to bed but if i want to get up and start getting get my head right to go to the gym or something i might put on paul Cawthon record per se or something or if i'm getting ready to go my wife and i are going to to the floor of Bama or something we might put on alan jackson record or brooks and dunn record on the way or charlie daniel on the way and you know it just, it just whatever fits the moment you know or it could be a podcast you know i could be at work um you know in the office or something and just listening to podcasts. And that's, you know, that, that's the soundtrack to my life at that point. Well then fast forward a couple of hours and cowboy hat and the boots come on a couple of shots of whiskey. And then it's like, all right, well, let's listen to some Hank jr. Now. So, you know, it's just the soundtrack. As so you mentioned like uh, going to work, like getting hyped up for that or like getting ready for it, playing like Paul Coffin. So I, I mow for a living. I mow on a golf course and it's lately. It's just been like Paul Coffin uh, Mike and the Moon Pies and just all these other incredible artists and it's just like I just sit on the mower and that's like that's how I get through it is just listening through all their music yeah. and everything like that and then yeah, yeah, yeah listen to the podcast too <laughs> right yeah just whatever fits fits in there you know and I know I'm leaving out a ton of other guys um, you know uh, as far as the the current scene 
Um, but it's so that's that's good. There's so many of them that are doing well and successful, and that they've got good records. And um, you know, Mike Ryan saw him not too long ago. He opened for Riley Green down here at the Floribama, and um, talked to him for a while. I love his stuff. Riley Green's another young guy on the way up that I really oh, like. We, we love He's Riley a, Green yep. here. That dude, that dude's keeping country music on the radio, and everything he yep. makes, I love it. I we. Uh, I'm a big fan of numbers on the cars. That's a that's a great song. That needs to get more radio play. Yep. But gosh, he's he's darn good. I'm sure you guys are sure proud of him down in Alabama. Absolutely, yeah. And Grandpa's never died. I mean, that might be one of the best songs. And I mean, that's got to be in the top something of all time to me. I, just, I mean, because that's that's the perfect country song for me. I just got that 45 of his from my from my record player. So I'm I'm <laughs> oh, nice. playing that one a lot. So. Nice. Yeah. He's, he, and he puts on a good show too. And he's just genuine and real. Um, you know, he was, he was swinging a hammer before this, you know, and, uh, it, it looks now. like it. that dude is cut. He is one big dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said he's not talked last time I talked, he said he wasn't near as uh, strong as he was back in his manual labor days. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, he's still jacked. He was a college quarterback, you know, at Jacksonville state. I mean, he was a ball yeah. player and stuff. Okay. So. I do remember hearing that. And then, yeah. and then uh, didn't like Sam Hunt? Fun fact: like Jacksonville, St- Jacksonville State, also um, university that put out Jamie Johnson and Randy Owens, lead singer of Alabama. Fun fact: really? Jacksonville State's a small two A school up in North yeah. Alabama. Well, then, and then Appalachian State they produced Eric Church and Luke Combs. So they're they're doing real right. good too. But uh, right, all right. I think so the I- straight from high school guys are still winning though. <laughs> as far as the country music, uh, the Hank, Hank Williams, and that's that's the that's talking about outlaw country. Before we go any farther, you know, being from Alabama, uh, Hank Williams, senior, he's from Georgiana, Alabama, and he actually used to vacation on Lake Martin, which is where I grew up in Central Alabama, and I actually grew up two miles from Kalaja, where the song Kalaja, the Wooden Indian, oh. is still there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so I'm from actually the community of Kalaja, so. The apex of all what's known as country music or classic country music to me all starts with Hank Hank Williams and then you know the Ernest Tubbs and all them, but oh. um, you know that kind of stuff. But well, do you do you keep up with like today's Red Dirt? Do you know you listen to a lot of the guys down there? Because I know you. When I talked to you the other day. You wanted to talk a little Red Dirt country music. So are are you just like the older guys, or do you keep up with the new stuff? Well, not I don't keep up as much as I'd like to. I try to keep an ear out for it. I have a friend who lives in Texas that he'll pipeline me some stuff if they're new and I need to, I need to know about it. Um, but most of my the guys that I know and that I came up with are that one generation before them. I enjoyed listening to your uh, conversation you had with uh, John Stork the other day. He's uh, he's gonna I be. To I think he's gonna him. blow up. Yeah, he's got the right attitude for it, no doubt. Um, I look forward to hearing stuff out of him. But, no, I was going to let you guys give – you know, since y'all started this out, y'all prefacing and talking about different albums, I was going to let y'all give me a rundown on what the uh, the state oh. of Red Dirt is at this point. Tell me who you guys like Red? or what I should be listening to, So all that I, stuff. There's I'm going to do a shot of whiskey, by the way, in all honor right, of here, all those man, guys we're about here. to talk about. I got mine. But, uh, there's there's two, two types of country I think me and Cole listen to. We kind of listen to that – Americana country music scene and that red dirt yep. scene is what we mainly listen to. And then of course there's some mainstream guys like church, Justin Stapleton, we throw in, but uh, Combs. yeah. And then, uh, but red dirt is alive and well. And I think Nashville is realizing that and they're trying to sign these guys as fast as they can. They've signed Parker McCollum. I don't know if you're familiar with yep. him, yeah, I've heard the name. I've heard the name. Yeah, he's he's very he's good. He's got some great ones out there too. Cody Johnson, of course, is he's he's like the leader of it. But I mean, 
are you familiar are you familiar with Aaron Watson? Oh yeah, I've met Aaron a few times. Yeah. I went out of my way to say hello to him last time we did a show together because I I really do like his music. Yeah, the Vaquero record, man, that was a good record. That oh, is absolutely. a great yes. record. Yes, we is love that, that the one, one with uh, these old boots have roots? I think so. Is or that if, what it is? If, yeah, if that's not it, then it's on the underdog. Yeah. Okay, that's that one. Uh, Freight Train and uh, what's that's why one? God loves cowboys. That's a good one. By what's him. the one about the pickup truck? Getaway truck. Getaway truck. Yeah, that's. A good I say one. those are some of my favorites by him. Yep. But, uh, yep. I like. I really like his stuff. Some, Absolutely. Some other guys you should that I don't know if you've heard of yet that you should definitely check out for Red Dirt. Or I can text you this one when after the podcast too. Is uh, Randall King is one. Uh, Tristan Mares is a newer one that's coming up. I think he's going to be big. Um, okay. Josh Ward is big. You have, yep. Do you have any others? Uh, Does uh, I've heard, I've heard those names fall into that category? Yeah, I, I said Tristan Mares. Tristan Mayers. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, um, Tristan falls into that category. He's fantastic. Darlin yeah. and uh, his new one that came out a couple weeks ago was One Day. is fantastic. Yeah, let me pull up my playlist. I'm not, I'm not forgetting any guys. These are, like, the guys that you, you have to listen to. I got a ton of Cody Johnson, a ton of uh, – oh, John Wolf is one, big one out of, out of Texas. And yeah, I've heard Kyle the name, Park. yep. So – Kyle Park, yep. Yeah. These, these guys yeah, are – I've heard of all these guys – like I said, I just hadn't had a chance to dig into it, but I'm glad we're talking. That's why I want to keep the conversation going because, yeah, I definitely need to stay on that and dig them out. So, yeah, if you don't mind, text me uh, that list when we get Yeah, it, it's – I mean, honestly, it's very similar, I think, to what Justin Moore makes. It, it, um, there's – maybe is a little more slower um, and not as upbeat as Justin's songs, but I think lyrically their, their Red Dirt scene is very, very good. And those are just some of the guys that I'm – and Cole is a big fan of. Uh, Curtis Curtis Grimes is a big one coming out of Texas. Uh, there's a there's a bar I remember I was telling you about on the phone uh, that a lot of these guys have came through and played at, and that's kind of how I hear about them. But there te- there's Texas. I think there are like I said two two different types of country music coming out of Texas, and both of the types me and Cole listen to that Americana and Red Dirt. Because coming out of Texas, you also got Mike and the Moon Pies. Are, are you familiar with them? I know the name, and I've actually um, downloaded that album, the one that's um, that they're Gary doing Stewart. all the Gary Stewart songs. Yep. Yeah, because Gary Stewart, he's on our our guitar player, Roger Lee Coleman. Yeah, um, we listen to that. We listen to Gary Stewart every time we drink on the bus. He's our one of our go-tos on the band bus is some Gary Stewart. I say Mike and the Moon Pie is some I've really been on a heavy rotation of lately. And one of the things I did was pre-ordered their uh, – Touch of You, Lost Songs, a Gary Stewart album uh, for my new record player. And I'm just counting the days till that gets here. I say I am so excited. I love, I love that album. And then I love the song that they did with uh, Midland. The lead singer of Midland uh, did a s- smooth shot of whiskey. Is that that's yeah, the name? That's yeah. um, it is a fantastic song. And it's, that whole album is so yeah. good. And give, give them a listen for sure. They're, they are they're just like Midland. They're like a more Texas Midland. They're very old school, but a very polished sounding country band. And right. their, their music is like Snake Night at the Prairie Rose. Just you s- sit down and listen to that song and just follow the story. Uh, first time I heard that song, I, I got chills. It is, it is a great song. Well, yeah. And the first time you introduced me to that song and to Mike and the Moon Pies, we were, uh, we were heading to Grand Island, a uh, small town, Nebraska. Uh, going to a Cody Jinx concert. It was our 
going to be our third attempt to see him, right? Yeah. We failed twice trying to see Cody Jinks in concert. Uh, he passed out and one got rained out. Yeah, he passed out on stage. He got, he got vertigo. Yeah, and then the second time got oh. rained out. We're like, okay, we're trying to go all the way out to the, uh, um, like central, two hours. Was like central Nebraska. Yeah, two hours outside of like Lincoln to see him play at the Nebraska State Fair. And Ben's like, hey, you got to check out this song. And it was Steak Night at the Prairie Rose by Mike and the Moon Pies. And it just tells this incredible story. And then ever since then, I have just – I've dug into all their albums. Like they had the one that they – recorded at the oh yeah they rec- their uh uh album before this gary stewart one they recorded it at uh abbey road records where the beatles recorded abbey road oh yeah and that wow. album they dropped it like so it was a surprise album they just dropped it didn't yeah. didn't release anything and that is a heck of an album yeah. cheap silver and solid country gold it, it's so good uh it's something i love, I love listening it. to um still Sounds waiting like to get that one on vinyl Cheap silver and country classic country music. That sounds like my career. I love it. <laughs> all that. Well, then the other I'm, uh, guy. I'm, I'm usually a silver and turquoise guy, you know. But uh, at home, I'm in the sports attire. But uh, but yeah, I, I try to draw from that too because uh, yeah, all, all those guys, man, that's great. Some some other guys out of that Americana scene in Texas. You've already mentioned Paul Coffin is one of them. Yep. Uh, Cody Jinks, and then one guy I found. He's out of Texas. Is I went to a, a Coulter Wall concert, and the, the opener yes. was Vincent Neal Emerson, and he he's okay. became one of my favorites, and he's out of Texas too. So there there's different there's different types of music um, coming out of Texas, country music coming out of Texas, and I, I'm thankful for it because it's my favorite types of types of music. So I know yeah. you said you've been listening to a lot of Paul Coffin. Uh, are you listening to his like newer album or some of his older stuff? Oh, uh, the gospel album, and then the the uh, the room. What's the last one? The room forty one. The last yep. that latest record. I mean, I, I, I've got them all, and I've you know, I've kind of, I'm kind of weird about music too because I'll find something I like and I will wear it out. I'll listen to it so many times in a row that I'm like, all right, I got to take a break, and it may be a year or two before I get to go back because I will literally just wear something out till I don't want to hear it anymore. Um, but all all of his stuff basically, and then I want to give you guys. I love. First off, I love y'all's passion. I love that there's young guys y'all's age still passionate about outlaw country music because uh, I always was. Even when I was out, when I was y'all's age and I was in college, they had this. Uh, that was when um, Kazaa and the Napster and all that stuff was going on. So you could literally download all the music you wanted for free anytime. Just go on your on your. This is before all these MacBooks and laptops. This was your big old computer in the hallway. But I could stay up late at night and drink once I first started working for Wayne and we would go do a show with say Jason Bolin, which I, you hear me say that a lot, but that's one. I don't know. You guys listen to Bolin. You know who I'm talking. I know you know who I'm talking. I know about, the but. name. I don't, I, I couldn't, I don't know the many songs by him, but I, I know the name. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. Like, sounds familiar. One of the, yeah. One of the godfathers of that whole scene. Got to go back and listen to him and Kevin Fowler. I mean, that's, that's, those are in Roger Krieger. Some of those guys are, the, they were right there, you know, with the Brandon uh, Jenkins and the Stonies and all those guys when all this stuff, when the term red dirt first popped up. So go back and listen to some bowl. I'll send you some links to some of his stuff, but um, shit, forgot where I was going. <laughs> You're talking about like some of the that guys one. you were listening to back then, some of the outlaws, I think. Is that where you're heading? Um, uh, shit, what were we talking about? I lost my train of thought. Sorry, guys. No, I was, I was saying, I'm, I'm sorry. 
Uh, the whiskey ain't working anymore. <laughs> I was uh, I was just saying, no, I love that you guys have that passion because when I was in school, I did too. But what I could do is we'd go do a show with one of these guys and I'd get back home on a couple of days off and I could go to my computer and literally you could, at this point, you could go on and find, you know, I'd put in Jason Boland and then it would say, and then you could go to influences and it would name their influence. You could click on it and you could go find so many records. Like I would, I would find like Jerry Jeff, Jerry Jeff Walker, like live records or like uncut stuff or like outtakes. I mean, you could find anything anybody could upload to the internet. They were uploading it. So you could just go through this. I mean, you could go as crazy as you wanted. So I would start with bowling at the end of it. I'm listening to this uh, lefty Frizzell stuff. Cause I'm listening to his yeah. influences, his influences, his, and it all. And he, so I was going up and down the tree. So I would just eat up with it. So I'm glad to see that you guys are too. And I hope you guys will, uh, or continue the tradition and make this podcast something sustainable for you guys and keep going because uh, it's encouraging to know that there's still classic uh, outlaw country fans out there. And, and on the same note to all these artists that are still keeping it alive and keeping fans yes. and new fans coming along and people and old fans like me still interested in it. So I, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of hard. It's hard to be an outlaw country fan. Like we love it. We're passionate about it. But I mean, man, do I get some looks at parties if I'm playing music and, and I throw on maybe some Big Iron by Marty Robbins. Some people are not not liking that. Hey, dude, you know what? I, you know, I don't know. Are you guys? Neither one of you guys. Obviously, you're in college. I hope you're not married yet. You need to be concentrating on your education. No, no, we're we're but, in college. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I always said this back in the day. I said it, it, it's from a song, which a lot of times my wife's always like, "Quit using song lyrics as talking as your as your sentence." You know, but. Uh, <laughs> From the Sawyer Brown record said it best, you know, some girls don't like boys like me. Oh, but some girls do. You know what I mean? So there's, <laughs> yes, there's some people that might not like when you play those records, but there's going to be one or two that really like that you play the records and that's going to be your buddies. And they'll, the birds of a feather flock together. You'll meet many more. And I can't wait till next time we're up there touring because we're going to all drink together and hang out together and maybe do a podcast together and all Hell that. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, absolutely. You guys you let us know when you're coming through. We would, we'd love to get together. Yes. We'd, we drink some beers and everything. It'd be a good time, man. I say I'm looking yes. forward to the fourth time I get to see Justin Moore. Yeah, Justin was his yeah, first man. concert. Yeah. Oh, really? Very cool. Yeah. What 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 uh, what tour was that? Who was on tour with us? Uh, who, so who, who it was it? it was almost four years ago to this day. It was July 11, 2016. So I was just talking to him about this beforehand. Uh, was that you, Sir? Yeah, it was at Sir Concert Cove. You guys came with Drew Baldridge. Um. And he was your opening act. I remember that. Yeah, that was the very first concert I ever went to. And I I knew I listened to country music at the time. Um, I knew not all of Justin's songs. I knew some of them. But, like, I knew, like, the popular ones. And then there's a few others that I listened to along the way. But, it's like, kind of after that, I, I really just dug deep. And I listened to so much more of his music. Um, gosh, it was, it was probably the best night. Like, it was – one of the most fun concerts I went to because Sir Concert Cove, it's just, it's such a relaxing, uh, like arena for you to play a concert in. You just, we we're sitting back in lawn chairs as uh, Ben, me, and then Ben's brother. And we we're just sitting in lawn chairs, just sitting back, just listening to the music, just taking it all in. And it was, it was a fantastic night. Yeah, it was a good time. That's awesome. That's awesome. I remember, um, not my first concert, but one of the first ones I really remember going to was, uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, went and saw Hank Jr., Kid Rock, and Pat Green opened the show. Yeah. Speaking of another guy that was Red Dirt that went Nashville and then back and all that stuff, which is 
he doesn't get talked about near enough. Pat Green had some great records um, throughout the years too. Um, you know, and uh, to ch- to go back to something before I forget again. Um, you know, talking about the the seeing people, hearing stuff before. You know, you get to hear. That's talking about. You know, you guys mentioned Midland. I remember when our they're on the same record label we are. So uh, I can remember when our uh, our uh, some of our A and R people. They know I'm Stone Cold Country, so they were like, man, I got these guys I want you to hear. So they played me some stuff, which never was released. It was some stuff from from bars they were doing at the time. And I remember thinking, yes, this is it. And then I've met them a few times since. I really didn't got to hang out with them much. We've only done a handful of shows, but they were, I, I were always cordial to each other. I don't know them like buddy-buddy or nothing. Party's good buddies with them. But um, but they had some stuff on that album that, or that, that, my, that the – guy from the record label was playing for me. And I'm like, God, this stuff's so good. And it never got out. And then I remember the first weekend I went, I, I worked for John party before I was Justin's tour manager. Yeah. And the first weekend I went and worked for Justin, um, our opening act was Stapleton. Oh my now, God. Are you kidding? Yeah. And dude, no. And we're playing two outdoor venues in a row. Like we're playing outside of Coyote Joe's, which is a huge nightclub, like roadhouse honky tonk in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, and I can't remember where the next show was, but both shows were like outdoor shows in the parking lot of the club. We weren't doing really club shows. Justin was, you know, we were doing bigger than that at that point, but um, we were doing like outside the club in the, you know, like a makeshift amphitheater kind of deal. And Stapleton, I knew who he was because he'd been in town for years playing with the steel drivers. And we all knew, you know, we we all knew who he was. And um, he wrote, he wrote so many songs too. Oh yeah. I mean, so many songs. I mean, I don't even know how many, but a ton of songs that you hear other people sing, a lot of them were stapled, especially in a five, about a five or six year period there. He was just churning them out. But I remember sitting, I remember telling Justin, I was like, dude, we got to go sit on, we got to go listen to this opening act. And a lot of times we try to, but meet and greets and other things get in the way and stuff. But we try to go always listen to whoever's on before us. So we got out there, we were going to sit and listen to one. We sat out there the whole show. That guy was so good. Then the next night, same thing. But I was going with that is he played four or five songs that never made it to any of his albums that were just absolute gold that I was, I'm hoping to do some at some point, but just never made it. Um, have you heard him? There on, was one. Have you, have you heard him on Joe Rogan? He's told him he's got like a thousand songs written that he's just, he just, uh, I'll, I'll record them. It's I like, say, I'm waiting on that next album. Yeah. Right. It, oh, there's yeah, a rumor. It's like done already. There's, there's a rumor that his next album is, is already done because, there was an, there was some podcast going on, and this artist was talking about I forget it wasn't he wasn't a country artist said he he couldn't record his album because someone was in there mixing Chris Stapleton's music so that's kind of saying that it's the new one's coming <laughs> so ooh an engineer leaked some inside info I love it yeah, yeah so we're we're excited about that but I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you on that uh, no 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 I just I, a lot of times guys my mind's getting feeble. Uh, from all the the years on the road, so sometimes if I don't go ahead and spit it out, I'm gonna lose it. So, uh, but no, no, you guys are good, man. I mean, I'm thoroughly enjoying this. Like I said, I'm I'm glad you guys are flying the flag. I hope nothing but the best for you guys, and I, I'll do this long as you guys want to. And if after tonight, uh, another time down the road, if we want to do it again, we can jump back on and and do it again because uh, this is fun talking with you guys. What what you, I know you guys asked me about the 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 current guys stuff. As far as the older guys, and I know I've heard some on your podcast, but if you had to. Uh, do a short list on of all time influential outlaw country guys who would who would be on your Mount Rushmore of outlaws. We're, I mean, we're we're gonna give you those. I don't, I don't know if they're gonna come off as typical, but I mean, my my favorites are obviously like the Highwaymen, 
I love Merle. Yeah, say the first song, one of the all t- my all time favorite songs is uh, "Mama Tried" like uh, by Merle. That one, I don't know by why. This guy right here. Yes, yep. sir. Yes, <laughs> yep. sir. Yep. I, that one just stuck with me, and I've heard it like so many times, and every single time, it's just like listening to it the first time. I I just love it so yeah. much, and yeah. it's been a big influence for me at least. I I mean I get I kind of get uh. My mom doesn't get too happy when I play my Hank Senior album. She hates Hank Senior, <laughs> but I, I love Hank Senior. She or he, he yeah, so good. Uh, I I got an Ernest Tubb record. I'll sometimes listen to. Um, trying to think who else. Of course, Charlie Daniels Band. Um, gosh, there, there, hey, speaking of George Jones. Before I forget, I know uh, I heard on one of y'all's episodes y'all mentioned Hank Williams, and he was the honky tonk. Shakespeare. That's actually the hillbilly Shakespeare. Is his? Oh, did I mess that up? <laughs> hillbilly. I tell you, no, and I don't. And it's weird because I'm stupid. I'm the ridiculous one that always looks at stuff like that. I, I know I've, I've heard a few people over the years. This is. I'll tell you my biggest pet peeve when it comes to that too is when I hear someone say Tanya Tucker when they're re- referring to Tanya Tucker. You know, uh, Tanya Tucker. You know, y'all know who I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. When somebody references Tanya Tucker and calls her Tanya Tucker, I instantly. Uh, like, please never talk about country music again because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. If you don't even know that her name's Tanya and not Tanya, you know. So, no, no, I get it. But I heard that on one of your – and I wanted to make sure you guys knew that just for future reference. It's the hillbilly yeah. uh, Shakespeare, as he was known. And, and that was true because, like, Stapleton, I think I think Hank Sr. took a page out of uh, Jimmy Rogers' book because Jimmy Rogers, the singing brakeman, he was one of the only guys to ha- make any money during the Great Depression just because – he wrote like 3,000 songs or something. I think Hank Williams was the same way. He had thousands of songs, and half of them never even got recorded because he passed too early. But well, what you were saying about Stapleton got me kind of thinking about back when we, when I was like junior or sophomore in high school, uh, Stapleton was coming to town at Stir Concerto where he, where he saw Justin, and it was right after he blew up at the – I forget, was it the ACMs or CMAs, one of the two, and – he, yeah, he had already he had already booked the show, so tickets were cheap because he wasn't that famous yet. And me and my brother were like third or fourth row, just rocking out. And he didn't—I don't think he had an opener or anything. He just came out there, played his music, and man, that's a heck of Didn't a show. he play for a while too? Yeah, I think yeah, he he played for a long time, and he was so good. And then we saw him, we saw him uh, out in North Platte, Nebraska, a few years ago. Brothers Osborne opened, and man. Seeing that dude outside, an outside concert with Stapleton, I don't think it gets much better than that. That dude is just amazing. Yeah, he's got the pipes and the songs. And his band's usually pretty small. It's usually like a four-piece band. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife's out there the singing so, with him. Yeah, man. I can remember the first time my wife saw him. We came to Nashville, and we went and saw him at 3rd and Lindsley. I'm talking about a, a bar that's – I don't know. I don't know how many people, 150 people in there, maybe. And uh, I remember I stood in line like a like an everyday Joe. You know, I was like, oh, we're going to see this. And as I'm standing in line, I look three people behind me is Drake White, you know, oh. then a couple people behind him and somebody else. And we're all like, we're wait, we're going to see this. And I remember telling uh, a couple of my friends that when he was out, he was actually out when we were on tour, Miranda Lambert one time. Staple was, was out because he had – written one of Miranda, a song with Miranda and he was going to get up and play it that night. And I remember a friend of mine was, we were in Chicago. I remember it distinctly. And one my best friend happened to be in town. He works in the insurance world, but he happened to be in town. And I was like, you got to get over here and meet this guy. I, you know, I was like, I want to see you anyway, but 
was like, you need to come meet this guy because uh, this guy's going to be this guy's going to be the next thing. I could I just knew it was going to happen because he he was on that trajectory in his songs and knew he'd gotten a deal. And this was right when he had his first song out was uh, What Are You Listening To, which was oh, yeah. a great I song. He didn't get a lot of traction. Yeah, what a great tune. It it was didn't get a lot of. I mean. It, it, I don't even know what it if it was. I'm sure it charted, but I don't know how high it got. But from as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Oh yeah, he's going to be fine." And um, and my buddy still tells me now when he's buying tickets to go see Stapleton all over the place. He's like, I'm "Sure, I'm glad you called me over there that day to meet this guy because uh, you were right, you know, kind of deal." But uh, but there's a lot of those, man, and and it just takes a lot of hard work and a lot of luck and a lot of stuff to get to that spot. And you know, like Chris, he'd been doing it for 20 years or 15 years up to that point when he finally got his big break but but yeah those guys uh you know just uber talented and 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 the music speaks for itself just like all those guys we mentioned you don't get to talk about merles and charlie's and waylands and stuff without the songs being there and their songs are just timeless you know like johnny paycheck yeah. i mean you know i mean just, yeah all those stuff all the, i mean that's just gonna live on forever the Ernest tub stuff mm-hmm. um you know even even some of the like I said, Billy Joe Shaver wrote a lot of Waylon hits. Uh, but then, you know, Towns Van Zant, he passed early. But, you know, that was – he had to be in the fold for that. And then Keith there was Whitley. the Steve Earls. Yeah, Keith Whitley. And then, you know, like Steve Earl kind of flew the flag because a lot of outlaw country kind of turned into more like southern rock country stuff like Hank Jr. And I would say – I would dare say Hank Jr. is probably, in my opinion, the greatest entertainer of all time. I know Elvis and Michael Jackson, whatever. But for me, if I was on a desert deserted island – uh, Hank Jr. just because he did so much. I mean, he's got he had so many records that were anywhere from standards to jazzy to you know rockabilly to Stone Cold Country to you know he did so much and 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 he has to be on the Mount Rushmore of outlaw country to me. If you like that Cephas. Southern rock scene, have you have you heard of Whiskey Myers? Oh yeah, yeah, there oh, yeah. we My, love Whiskey Myers there. Oh yeah, oh you, yeah, in the Steel Woods. Oh yeah, well, I know the steel woods. They're good. I yeah. like them a lot. You know, uh, our buddy Jason uh, Rowdy, Jason Cope. He was in Jamie Johnson's band for a long time. He's the guitar player for the Steel Woods, one of the founding members of that outfit. And yeah, and Whiskey Myers. I really like their stuff, man. That's a definitely a southern rock type thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, but in the country vein, and that's the thing with southern rock. We actually, I was talking with all our band guys recently. We hung out at a lake up in Arkansas, and. Southern rock covered so much ground because it was, it could be country sounding. It could be rock sounding. It could be like Leonard Skinner was Southern rock, but it was kind of classic rock sounding. But then Marshall Tucker band was country sounding, you know, and Charlie, and then there was jazzy type, you know, Atlanta rhythm section was more like jazz fusion sounding progressive, you know, stuff. So uh, that, that covered a lot of ground. I think that's kind of what outlaw country morphed into was alternative country, alt country, you know, the red dirt scene, uh, uh, Southern rock. Um, and then uh, now just uh, Americana, you know, they lump it all in as Americana, which I hope we get some Americana radio stations across America. Cause that'd be, I mean, that's, I know I heard y'all mention one time. Yeah. The, the, the radio stations, which I love radio for what they do, but you know, they're all, there's just going to be a handful of songs get played over and over. And there's not a lot of diversity as far as the channels. You're going to have a rock channel, a, a rap channel, a, you know, a adult contemporary channel and a country channel. I mean, it's not, they don't vary, but I wish we had an Americana channel. But yeah, going back, I drifted, but yeah, original question. Yeah, Whiskey Myers, my big brother, my fraternity, Jimmy Turney, he turned me on to them. He is a huge Whiskey Myers fan. Him and his wife travel all over to see him. And yeah, I've, I've got all the records, man. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, whiskey. Have you seen? Have you seen the show Yellowstone? Have you seen that? 
No, I know about it. I've been meaning to start it. Justin said it's phenomenal, but I just I hadn't got a chance to start it yet. And Taylor Sheridan, who who makes it, he's he is crazy about country music, and he brings these guys in that that me and Cole love, and he puts their music in the show, like Whiskey Myers. They showed like a little honky tonk bar, the band playing in there is Whiskey yep. Myers. And oh, they, very cool. Yeah, they got like Coulter Wall in the background music, or maybe some Cody Jinks, Whitey Morgan. I mean, Taylor Sheridan, he knows his country music, and he's made Heller Highwater, Sicario, Wind River. He's he's a really famous director or writer. I don't know exactly what he is, but he is crazy about country music. Well, yeah, one of the other cool things about that was they had the song by Zach Bryan. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with Zach Bryan? So, I don't know. No, I'm, I can't think of where he's you know where he's from. I, uh, he, he's, he's in the military. I think he's in, is he in the army or something like oh, he's that? Oh, he's in the Navy. And he's been posting these like really raw videos of him playing guitar and singing on YouTube. And he just blew up like crazy. People were posting about him. Cause he sounds a lot like Tyler Childers. And he dropped an album called Deanne, which is his mom who passed away. And the album is phenomenal. There's almost no editing. I don't think there is any editing. And I know for a fact that so this album he released last fall of 2019, um, that was Deanne, and then he just this May I think it was released a second album called Elizabeth, um, and that one I know for a fact that he said he did the entire recording with all his buddies in a barn, no editing wow. whatsoever, and he said one of the songs it was they were drinking so much at that point that they forgot to start recording at the beginning. And so they started recording halfway through the song and they're like, Nope, no editing. Just left it the way it was. And it still turned out really good. It's still a fantastic song. Check, check out Zach Bryan. If, if, if there's one artist you, you take away from today to check out is, is Zach Bryan. He's, he's going to be huge and you can't, you can't hate the guy. He's, he's out there serving, serving our country and making damn good country. Yes. So, Absolutely. Thank you for your service, Zach. Yeah, I look forward to hearing that. Hey, guys, y'all got time. I'm going to go grab another beer if we're going to stay on for a minute. Y'all good yeah, with that? Yeah, go grab another one. We probably just got a few more questions. I don't want to keep you from your night. Uh, but uh, Dude, I'm good, brother. I kind of cleared my schedule for this. I enjoy I love talking, and, and especially during quarantine stuff. I hadn't got to, you know, usually Justin and I are on the bus every night watching YouTube videos of Hank Jr., and that'll turn into Waylon, and we do that every night. We hadn't got to do that and almost four months so this is this is awesome for me so yeah if you guys don't mind i'm gonna grab another cold beer yeah, go we'll, grab another we'll cold one man it's all good thank I'll, you buddy I'll keep talking to people uh gosh so hey, oh, oh yeah another one before I, before I bounce out one to think about um and, and a similar thing they recorded on like a four channel recorder back days hank three yeah is hank three outlaw country or what i mean those records yeah. are hardcore his other hank hank's other sons making making country music too but uh, yeah, Wham Bam Sam. I hadn't got to meet him yet, but I've heard good things about him. All right, while Jr. Go gets some, goes and gets another beer. Uh, me and Cole keep talking. Uh, I see. What, what have you What have you been listening to lately, man? Okay, so there's one thing I wanted to mention because um, I don't think we talked about it since your last po- podcast with John. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Eric Church came out with the new song. Oh yeah, stick that in your country song. I love it. I want to hear your thoughts. I, I think it's good. I love how he gets so pumped up during it, and, and it's just hard rocking country music. And it's like he, like Jr. was saying, it's it's kind of got that rock infused. It can go both ways. You could say it's rock. You could say it's country. So I heard it on the radio today. So it must be yeah, doing so good. The day it came out, it was 
one or two weeks ago now. I can't remember. I think um, it was two because that's when I was going to Taylor. Yep. Uh, yeah. It was uh, – I heard it on the radio that day. It was on uh, Cat World 3.7 here in Omaha. Yeah, he's like one of those guys that goes against the grain and really does yeah. does uh, whatever he wants and puts out whatever he wants in it. It usually does pretty well. So yeah. I'm then, excited for that album to come out. Um, like you said, the – how kind of – mixes between like rock country the part where he's talking about like he's in the car um he wants to pound the uh stomp the like gas or something like yeah, that yeah. and uh it i like that part it's always when i'm in my car and it's just like is exactly how i feel like driving right point and then um I, obviously i like the end part um where he's talking about the teacher yeah yeah uh, we got teachers in the family she's underpaid she's overworked and Come on, man! Shout one out to her. Mm-hmm. Why well, like that? Because obviously, I I plan on being a math teacher. Oh yeah, so, um, I, I'm right there with it. I love it. What do you What are you drinking there, Jr? Since you're back. Uh, man, I'm actually having. I've got my nice Adam Hood koozie here um, that I got when I ordered his vinyl off of uh, his website and got it. I'm drinking an Omission, which is uh, a gluten free beer. I know that sounds whatever. I'm chasing it with. Uh, I'm tra- I'm chasing it with uh, Maker's Mark. So I mean, I'm about. Life's about balance, boys. Yes, it is. I know. I started. Uh, I have a friend who he's become like my health and wellness lifestyle guru. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page. He was a wrestler, a pro wrestler back in the day. I mean, you guys are a little too young, but DDP uh, Diamond Dallas Page. He turned. He told me one time um, that I need to get on the gluten free beers because my belly was too big, and I agreed with him. So I'm trying the gluten free beers, and I found just like anything, you got to find one you like, and these are really tasty. So now I've kind of gotten to where I'm not even really trying to do the gluten free thing, but now I just like these beers. So win win, right? Yeah, I'm just drinking whatever in Ben's fridge. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was there when I was when I was you guys' age. We were doing uh, Natty Light, which was natural light, and the Beast. <laughs> Which was old Milwaukee's best. We drank a lot of beef. Oh, and, old Milwaukee. And P- and PBR, if we got fancy with it, you know. <laughs> I, it was, okay, so right now I grabbed Budweiser. It was either that or PBR. PBR was a tall boy. Bud like, Heavy's. I was like, the PBR yeah, was a tall Bud boy. Heavy was my go to for years. That's, that's the red and white can. You cannot go wrong with a Bud Heavy. That is probably the best beer on earth, pound for pound. If I had to go with like the Hank Jr., if I was on a desert island with one one person's catalog, it'd be Hank Jr. If I had one limited uh, or unlimited supply of beer, it'd be Budweiser. There you go. <laughs> That's respectable, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll throw it back, Jr. There you go. <laughs> well, so we're what, talking about classic country, boys. We got to do. What we got to do. <laughs> what was it like being in uh, Justin's music video? We were watching that earlier today. That looked like a hell of a time. Oh man, yeah, we had a good time. It was yeah, a little drinking going on that day. Um, <laughs> we had just come back from a show, man. We had did a show the night before somewhere, so we wake up on the bus that morning, and it's time to go to work. And those things, those music videos, they only last three or four minutes on the video, but I mean that's a eighteen hour days sometimes, fifteen, yeah. eighteen hour days you put into getting that stuff done. And um, it was awesome, man. Justin's great. I've actually been in a couple of his videos. I was in the Motley Crue video. We did Home Sweet Home. And, oh, yeah, uh, I have that on my playlist. Yeah, I, uh, just briefly. And then I was in a couple of John Party's uh, music videos. Um, Back on the Back Road is probably the most famous because I got my shirt off and I'm dancing on the boat. It's pretty ridiculous. But <laughs> another, day, another day drinking session. They always swooned me by making sure I got plenty of Crown Royal or whatever <laughs> drink of choice is. But, uh, but no, Justin's was cool this time. Um, because it was shot at his house in central Arkansas. Okay, that's what where I he thought. Lives. 
yeah, that was that's his place in Central Arkansas, and we our last tour was sponsored by Mahindra Tractors, which is Rocksore, which are those quote unquote Jeep looking uh, trucks we were in. Those are all from our sponsor, um, and Mahindra, the big red tractor he's on, that's Mahindra. They gave him that tractor and stuff, and um, so we shot at his house, and that's his mom in the very beginning, asking oh, why okay. he drinks so much. That's really his mom. Isn't that bar in all his the, house? Yeah, that's in his pool house. That's the bar in the pool house. They just built their house about three years ago. Before this, they lived in a neighborhood outside of Little Rock, just pretty normal neighborhood, you know, subdivision house, and he, he bought his granddad's land and they built their forever home out there. He and his wife with, uh, with some help from a lot of our friends in the area that helped him with, you know, different types of materials and stuff they needed. So, uh, they built the, they got four kids and a bunch of dogs and extended family. So, and he, he actually bought the land his granddad lives on. So on the outskirts of you could, from his house, you could see his other granddad's house, his mom and dad's house, his aunt and uncle's house, his cousin's house, his uncle's house. So, um, we were there and a lot of those were in, a lot of those people were in the video. Uh, a lot of, most of those people in there were his, all his friends. There was all the people that his daughters play softball with and the people he went to high school with and their, their friends and family. So all those people partying were, were actually real friends and family. There were no actors for this one. Um, and yeah, that was at his, that was at his pool house, his bar that, that every time I come to town, I have to keep stock because I think he just waits on me to stock it up. And I'll go by the liquor store and buy a couple of cases of vodka and a couple of crown. Because when I get there, I'm always like, why are we out of everything? And I'm like, oh, I guess I haven't been here in a while. So, but, uh, but it was awesome. And Justin's so cool, man. He's so gracious to always include me on stuff like that. And he's just, you know, I, I got to say it. He's probably the the best boss on earth because he treats everybody. And it goes to Charlie. He, he, he got a lot of that from Charlie. You know, he, he knows everybody, in the, everybody in the band crews, everybody's name everybody's equally important he wants to hear everybody's opinion if anybody's got a problem he wants to talk to him about it. i mean you know he wants he wants everybody to be in a positive light he wants to give everybody all the tools as he says he wants to give everybody all the tools they need to succeed so he wants everybody just to just to do well and um and that and that reciprocates on why the people he's had the same band his whole career most of the same crew his whole career and uh, and I, i've been there almost seven years and and yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun ride, and that day was uh, that day was icing on the cake because that that sure was a lot of fun. Like I said, being a little little under the under the weather when I got up that morning, I had a couple of day drinks, and then we're we're riding through a field doing donuts. I mean, how could you not be in a good mood, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, what are some of your favorite John Party songs and favorite Justin Moore songs? Oh wow. Well, I'll start with Justin. Um, the first one I knew him from was Beta Hook. It's probably my yeah. all-time favorite. I mean, I got to just if I had to just pick one out the whole to just because everybody will know that one. And fun fact, that was just a top twenty record. That wasn't even a number one. I think it ended up at fifteen or sixteen. Um, but that's still one of his biggest songs. He plays every night, and I just love the the lick to it. I love the story to it. Um, and I could actually remember being backstage at the CMAs one year with John Party and Thomas Rhett, and we were going to go, we were at, they have a little bar. If you're sitting down there, you know, in front of the stage, you have a little bar at the back you go to to get drinks in between stuff. And we were back there waiting to get a drink. And I guess these two guys didn't have their wallets, whatever. And they were like, hey, we don't have our IDs. You think we'll be okay? And I'm thinking, yeah, sure. you. We're in the artist section. You guys are, you know, you guys are up and coming country singers. Sure, sure, we'll be fine. I'm like, you're, you're Red Aiken's son, and you're John Party on Capitol Records. Yeah, we're going to be fine. And uh, and then about that time, I look up in front of me, and it's Justin of all people, and I see him throw his hands up. Now I know he does all the time. He got turned down. I guess he didn't have his ID, so they turned him away from getting a beer at the CMAs. And he he didn't argue with him. He just threw it, said, "Okay, whatever." Walked away, and I was thinking, "Uh oh, uh, 
uh, we're in trouble, boys. They didn't they didn't let Beta Hook get a beer without an ID. I doubt they given you one. If they don't know him, they damn sure don't know who y'all are yet. Yeah, you know. So uh, so Beta Hook was always a good one from for, that I always liked to Justin's. And since then, I mean, I, the majority of not that I dislike any of them, but like I said earlier, some are just I mean, it's art. You know, some pictures are prettier than the other. And to me, uh, a lot of album cuts, like one off the last record was Middle Class Money. I thought that was a great song. Good time one off song. the new record, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus and Jack Daniels. Oh, I tune. love that one. That one's, yeah. You know, and then out, and then he, one he, that he says is his favorite song he ever wrote, which I wasn't familiar with when I first met him, just because, like I said earlier in this podcast, the Outlaw Country podcast, that uh, I hadn't got a chance to listen to his complete catalog, but it's uh, Outlaws Like Me. Mm-hmm. that's a good and one after going back and listening to that song i mean that's a straight up that's a banger man and then um off the last record there was a couple hell on a highway it's more of a progressive it's not that traditional sound but the words in that song were so good um you know and just just a bunch of them and then you know some that when they're working them up there's one that hadn't come out yet and i don't want to spill all the beans but i think it's you guys actually this is how i met you guys i saw you guys put a tweet out about justin and riley green doing yeah, a song okay we i want to ask expect, about that i want to ask about we that okay. expect the, that to blow up i was listening to your guys podcast and i mean if you weren't listening close enough you probably wouldn't have caught it but i heard justin talk about it and i'm like well, okay why why isn't anyone tweeting about this like no other no other country sites are i'm like well, hell, I'm going to break the news then. And then it's a retweet, and that was just, boom. It started blowing up. And thank God it did, because that really helped us out, get get a little bit more of a following. And then so we're, we're really thankful Riley did that, and then thankful I was listening to your guys' podcast to find out about that. Yeah. So Me and you both, brother. I wouldn't even know you guys. I'm glad I do now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's one that, – that song in particular, and I don't want to give too much it up. I don't know how much I even should at all. But, <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's a duet, and I'll just say this. All right, Justin and David Lee Murphy wrote it. Now, that's one that's in the book. Okay, I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, he, we're ready for you yeah, that, man. Yeah, David Lee Murphy. David Lee Murphy is so cool, man. He's one of the yeah. coolest cats in the business. But uh, phenomenal songwriter. Obviously, party crowd, dust on the bottle. I mean, he had some huge yeah. hits in the mid '90s. But it's a song that I, I, I don't want to tell it all. But it's a song that Justin and David Lee Murphy wrote. So the rough tape of them recording it at Justin's beach house is like what they call in the business a work tape. Mm-hmm. It's Justin and David Lee Murphy doing this song, and it's just with acoustics and stuff. But I hope Justin and Riley get to record this. And that's why Justin reached out to Riley. He said he only had to text him once and, Hey man, I got this song. You want me to send it to you? You want to do it? And he's like, you don't even got to send it to me. I'll do it kind of deal. And, uh, I, I know it's going to be a banger. Uh, it, it, I hope it gets to be a single. If it's not, it's going to be a, a, a show, a, a great at show song. Um, but it's a song, like I said, I, I got to hear the rough cut of it originally. And then when he said Riley was going to do it, I'm thinking this is going to be, this is going to be really good. And so there's songs like that. Like I mentioned earlier, there's songs that were going to be on the record that never made it that I'm like, Oh, they were so good. So I like a lot of, of Justin's, um, of stuff and, and, and just even him when we're, we're hanging out he'll just get his acoustic up and he'll start playing a Vern Gosden tune or something. He's just got a great voice, just a straight country, you know, he can do all the fun stuff with his voice, but when he sings just straight, man, he's as good as any of them. And then John Party, who's like one of my – I mean, he's 
legit like one of my little brothers, man. He, um, we met, I was actually the tour manager for a band called Southern Hauler, which we were a classic rock country, um, cover band pretty much that we played all through the Southeast and Texas and Florida. And we, we made, we made our rounds. We did that for several years. And, um, a lot of those guys in that band had been with Nashville acts before we put this band together. And it was pretty much me playing the role of manager, tour manager, record label, all that. We were just, we didn't put out any albums, but we were promoting ourselves promoted and we were going around and we had some originals and stuff and some lineup changes, but it was a solid, solid group of musicians always. And that ended up, those guys end up getting a call somehow. I don't remember how it worked out. They played a thing. John was playing guitar for his then girlfriend on some bar band showcase or something. And then our bass player at the time got a call from a friend of a friend to go play it. So long story short, John's first band was Southern Holler. So John hired me, the band, the trailer, the van, the whole thing as a package deal when, when he, and that band ended up being his showcase band that got him a record deal and stuff. So I literally been with John since before he had a manager even, you know, uh, and stuff. And, and that's, you know, we, that's why we go back to that links and we still talk on the reg and his lead guitar player, Terry Lee Palmer, which when you want to talk about outlaws, Terry is an outlaw. He's like me, he's semi-retired, but it's still in there. You know what I mean? He, he's, yeah. he's raised enough hell to last a lifetime. Uh, but I was best man at his wedding last year and stuff. But, uh, John, I saw come from the way up and a lot of John's tunes that I really love were off those early records that didn't just didn't get a lot of airplay. You know, they didn't, he only put a couple, he put a couple of singles out and they just never took until I mean, it took him a while, which kudos to his record label for sticking with him through several yeah. albums until, until it connected. Uh, but I knew from the crowd since the, I remember telling my buddy, my same buddy, I told him he need to meet Staple. And I'm talking about my, my best friend who lived down here, Josh Grice. Uh, my college roommate, like you guys, he was my college roommate. He's my best buddy still. We, his children are my godchildren, you know. Uh, but uh, I remember telling him, I said, "This is uh, this is one you got to listen out for." Um, shit, I forgot where I was going with that. Sorry, boys, I did it again. Oh, you're all good. You, are you going to edit? You going to edit this down some? I, I, I can. I do. I'm not the best with that. Uh, if you listen to the John Stork one, I'm not too good at it. <laughs> But it's okay. I, hey, I, that's okay. Hey, that's all right. As long as I know where we're at, we're good. Oh, I like the rawness. So this, this is fine, man. I enjoy talking with you. Uh, we don't have too much more time left. Uh, I just wanted to yeah. ask you uh, probably one more thing. Uh, who who are like who are your biggest uh, friends in country music? Like you said, you were best friends with Jamie Johnson, Justin Moore. Like who else? Who else are you real good buddies with? Maybe they're not even. Uh, the singers, but like maybe managers or who, who, who are you good buddies with? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, in our, in our genre, most everybody were buddies. And that goes back to where I was going. I'm sorry. I lost my place there a second oh, ago, but did. talking about John, John's one, definitely one and his guitar player, Terry and Lee and his band and those guys, um, been friends of those and back to John's music. Yeah. All John's music. His stuff is just solid gold country. I mean, I love all parties records. There was one, um, she ain't in it. I'm so glad that, oh, uh, that's a heck of a song. That's, I mean, I'm so glad they, they finally recorded that. That was around for a long time. But, no, uh, you know, I've known Jamie forever. Great. And Justin and I have become just close as you can get because, you know, when you work together every day and you're around each other as much or more than you are your own wives, you have you don't really have a choice. And we're pretty like-minded. But uh, but those guys, like I said, Randy Hauser is a good buddy. Uh, as far as, like, the guys 
behind the scenes, like I said, Blake Harris, uh, Jamie Johnson's tour manager I talked to on, on the reg. Um, Charlie Sanderson, Hank Jr.'s tour manager I talked to on the reg. I uh, just talked to Chris Lee a couple of days ago. He and I were texting. That's Granger Smith's tour manager. He's a good friend. Um, yeah. Chris Tate, who's with Big and Rich now. Um, golly, guys, I could go on for days with this. And, and some of my – got to put these out there while we're, while we're doing that. Some of my biggest influences as far as people I look up to in this business, and, and I try to model my style of uh, tour managing after, uh, were some of the guys uh, over the years that were really cool to me and let me be a part of were, were Todd Bunch, who is Eric Church's tour manager. Um, I love take a lot away yes, from – Yeah, I took a lot, take a lot away from what Todd did because he, uh, he was solid – uh, to me all those years. Tom Addison, who used to be Dirk Bentley's tour manager, he was always good yep. to me. Uh, there's a guy named Sarge. I don't know who Sarge is even working for right this second. He was Luke Bryant's tour manager when I met him. Sarge was okay. solid. He's a Sarge. He was in the Marine Corps. Um, um, Dang, sounds like you're one popular guy, man. <laughs> well, no. No, not me. I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just a super fan. They let hang out at the party. So, you know, I'm just – I just try to make my rounds and say hey to everybody. And then sometimes it clicks, you know, and that's the thing. A lot of times it just clicks because we're all from rural America, no matter where you're from. And, uh, and you know, you just – or the other one I was thinking of was uh, Brent Long, who's uh, Brad Paisley's tour manager. I, oh, okay, I love him. Yeah. He's, a, he's a long, tall Texan, you know, and um, he's, he's, he's like I, – I, I like to be like him because he never has to have his computer and cell phone and all that work. He has a Sharpie and a – pile of envelopes and that's it and he gets assistant to do everything else and i always say that's the way you do it right there uh but no and, and like i said most everybody i mean you know i talked to jansen the other day on the phone i'm good friends with jansen and uh you know just the list goes on all those guys and, and that's because that's because that's a that's an attestment of how normal and natural those guys are because they're just normal people they were all they just have cool jobs now like justin says you know they were all just somebody's buddy that they drank with until they got a record deal and they still are those guys nothing's changed most of them nothing's changed that i don't i couldn't say any of them that I've known all these years has turned into like a successful jerk. Like they don't answer when you call or they're too cool for school. That just doesn't happen of any of our friends. That's if it good. does, I'm sure a couple of us will go check them up, but it just never <laughs> happened. Yeah. Well, JR, we really appreciate your time, man. We, we enjoyed this. This has been a fun podcast, man. We, if you guys come up to Omaha next time, let us know. We, we'd love to grab some beers with you and hang out. We'd love to do another podcast with yeah. you, maybe even with, you know, Justin, we'd love to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, yeah. I'll see if I can drag him on next time. He's he's at softball. He's playing a triple header tonight. So that's his thing with those kids, man. He's just, he's busy, busy. And he's still got uh, my little godson South is three. So I mean, he's still got one in diapers. So he's just busy, busy, but yeah, I'll try to swing him to get known. And anytime you guys want to rap with me, man, you just let me know and I'll make time for it. And uh, yeah, I think definitely a couple months from now or whenever, just let me know. We come back and, and do this review once we're back on the road and once we're, doing some shows and stuff and when i get up that way we are definitely hanging out hell come high water we're well, we're all hanging out together we're going absolutely. i'll bring some vinyl young show me what you guys got we'll swap yeah. some you know i've got i've got one bin i've got a bunch of vinyl i've got a bin over here of stuff i've got doubles of so i might uh, take some pics and if any of this stuff you guys want i'll send it to you oh I mean, like wow i, said, I, I appreciate pay that. much for it yeah thank you yeah, said, i'm sure. just part of my collection so <laughs> well I, then yeah you let Justin know if, if you have to drag him on. One of our one of our uh, family married family members married. Um, he's a, he used to be a former wide receiver coach for Arkansas Razorbacks. So 
me and Justin uh, can talk help. football when he comes on. So <laughs> that'll help. He's a huge Razorback fan. I'm, I'm from Alabama, where people are eat up with Alabama and the other school, Auburn. But I've never seen anybody like him. He is eat up with it. And, well, uh, and yeah, I'll do that, guys. Yeah, Justin was in Omaha for the College World Series last year, watching the Razorbacks play yep. some ball. So. I mean, yeah, when you guys come to town, let us know. We we enjoyed this so much. It means a lot. It helps us grow. So we thank you so much. We appreciate that. Yeah, man. it's been a fantastic time talking to you. It's been super fun, and it, I I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely, guys. Yeah, man, thank you guys for having me. Like I said, let's do it again sooner than later. And uh, shoot me those names of some of some people I need to be hearing from, and I'll shoot you some back. And we'll start we'll start that little thing going. And uh, like I said, I, I'm really proud of you guys for doing this and taking the initiative and time. I know you guys are busy trying to do school and life and everything else, but but keep it up, sincerely, man. Keep it up because this is what's going to inspire somebody else to do one and somebody else to do something they didn't think they could do. And once you guys are once you guys are rocking this thing on the on the big level, you're going to look back and say, God, I'm glad, I'm glad we I'm glad we got together and did this, and yeah. and and uh, and Ben and Cole could get together and, and not one or the other, and we could do this thing together and, and tag team it. And then who knows, guys? You may make a career out of it, and then. Uh, and then I may work for you guys one day. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I promise absolutely no more slacking on my end, that's for sure. <laughs> there you go. Well, we I love it. it. Well, yeah. thanks for having me, guys. And, uh, and uh, if you don't mind, I'll plug that. Yeah, everybody, please tune into the Justin Moore podcast when you get a chance, but only after you've plugged in and listened to <laughs> the Outlaw Country podcast. First there you go. Thank you. Well, you have a great night, JR. Uh, thank you so much. You too, boys. Raise hell and slaying gravel. Yeah. All right. Thank you, you too. <laughs> See you, boys. Bye. The outsiders. The outsiders.